0: Welcome back, Mohammed Tintawi, Dreamer Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate it actually. Today we'll be talking about nothing. The art of nothing. The simple tranquility of doing absolutely nothing. Not really. Um I feel like I've done nothing all day though. I haven't. I did some homework, kinda walked around campus. I think I went to class. Don't remember. I did. It was boring. You know, sometimes I think, why is the professor there? Just just play the PowerPoint and put it like, on a timer and just let the slides change so I can just write them down. That way I can just write and read. Instead of having to listen to your ass, write it down, pretend I got it, write it halfway, next slide, missing half the PowerPoint, have to go back later. The notes are unorganized now because I went to the next slide. Didn't leave enough room for this because I didn't know the information was that long. And I, blah 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 bleep blah bleep, etc. Um. By the way, I transferred to Louisiana State University. I don't know if I mentioned that on the podcast. I probably did. Pretty proud of it. Not because I got in, but just because of the tuition. I got this amazing tuition rate that just is mind blowing. So at Ohio State, I was paying eh, like 18 grand a year. I mean, yeah, give or take 18 grand, 20 grand. And, um, I only went for a year and a half. I mean, that, that was about it. I mean, <laughs> I mean, dude, it was, it was like, uh, I don't know. Somehow in high school, I thought that that much money would be easy. And then, um, I started working at the, this pizza shop. Uh, this is, uh, Twenty-one sixty-seven North High Street, Columbus, Ohio. Uh, I started working at Cottage Inn Pizza. That is where I learned what degeneracy was. That is where I learned what working till four a.m. and making ten bucks an hour, and then at the end of the night, you're like splitting twenty dollars of this little tip jar that you know people just. And just gave you by grace because they see you making pizza at 3.30 in the morning. It's like that, man. When you start doing that, then you're like, wow, 20 grand's a lot of money. Um, you know, it didn't stop me, though. I, I lived in Columbus. Um, I got to say, now that I've left, I miss it. And it was cool. Definitely very different from Baton Rouge. Um, and I definitely would do the experience again. Minus some decisions um few decisions (laughs) the problem is that your bad decisions in the moment were kind of fun the morning after is what you regret (laughs) the morning after that the the things you have to do the next day all that stuff just takes 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 to L everything takes to L LSU is pretty cool LSU's you know it's a school there's a bunch of people um, it's fun. They have events and stuff on campus. I'm not gonna say I went to a bunch of them. I don't know. After Ohio State and then Columbus and then downtown. I mean, this place is kind of like dull. It's really dull, especially if you're not a huge into football culture. It's it's pretty boring. Um, also, there, it's it's not it's not like you can drive somewhere, grab a drink, have fun, and then and then walk home. You gotta drive. So everyone here drives drunk. I'm good. I'm 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 all right. I'm I'm good. Uh, I'm good. Yeah. Uh, That's just re- nah. Whatever. You know, it just leaves you no choice, I guess, for most people. But for me, I I just stay home. I'm good. I got all my juices out pretty much. Um, Columbus was weird, man. If you ever need a place to party, go to Columbus. Uh, but life is good. Uh, you know, just got through midterms. Everything's going great. You know, i got my grades. Car's still running. I'm learning how to fix things slowly. I um, cleaned fuel injectors the first time in my life. And I, I didn't know that one fuel injector cost $200 at AutoZone. That's nice. Great. Love, love, love everything. Um, we can just go ahead and put a price cap. We can nationalize oil, and we can put a price cap on that. That'd be nice. Uh, you know, if everyone got paid to sit home and do nothing... That wasn't my original idea, but I'm starting to believe it more and more every day. You should get paid to do nothing, because it is annoying chasing a dollar. There's a uh, there's a myth that broke people when you grow up broke or grow up poor. It's like this myth that you, you need to stack up your bread. You need to do whatever you need to do, and you got to... You know, you got to save all that money. It reads, as my friend Corey would say. That reads. And, um, you know, it, it also comes with degeneracy. And you're around idiocy. And you're around ignorant opinions. And you're around shitty people. Shitty clientele, Working shitty hours. Doing things that you don't even do at your house. Like mop. And you just... You're, like, finding yourself working harder for this, you know, sandwich shop, and you come home, and your, your house may look worse than the sandwich shop. And that's, you know, you got to take those bullets to the brain because it's a wake-up call. It, like, restarts your life when you when you really start knowing that you can go blue-collar and work forever and always be broke. You can go white collar and be submissive to the social statuses that you comply to and the people that you disrespect in a way to keep your social standing or your your ability to like have um, confidence in this ongoing fact that you got a piece of paper, you work in a company, the company screws people, and you get a good paycheck working for a company that does nothing but lends money or something like that so I guess it's a never-ending battle I did have a buddy back in the day He, I think he's a senior now at Ohio State but he did tell me that after his internship he realized investing was kind of ridiculous because you have no control you have no control over anything and it's so it's not like everything is priced out to its book value or a lot of things are speculation a lot of things are reading out these measurements. Like if you go on trading view, trader view, and then you look at all the measurements. There's like a thousand of them. Like so many. And you're like, dude, which ones Which ones do I use? And what you tell yourself is, oh, I'm going uh, to pick a formula. That's what traders tell you to do. Pick a formula and stay consistent. And that's, I mean, I would say that too, dude. Pick a, tra- pick a formula and stay consistent because there is no logic to it. That's why, uh, like, for example, Warrior Trading on YouTube. He has a course and you pay for it because it's his way. So he needs to make sure that he gets compensated for sharing his logic. Because, I mean, you're, you're taking the risk of, you know, theoretically, if everyone knew about the way you trade, it wouldn't work anymore. Just, you know, uniqueness has its qualities. Um, But sharing it is also profitable. I think ever since COVID and how the stock market blew up and all these rich people got rich, rich. I mean, I saw one stat. It's like the top three, top three richest people in the world during the pandemic got an average of like 1.3 billion a day. It makes you remember that, yes, the matrix isn't a perfect description of what the world is. But the point, the theme of the matrix that we're just living in a matrix and it's more of a game and a, and a set of skills that you need to adhere to and kind of and follow but fluidly. The reason why people say listen and be aware is because you never know when you have to change your plan. Oh, that's terrible. And um, that's really what it is. I, I remember my dad used to explain it to me as game is like chess or life is like chess, and you need to, you know, you need to make sure every move is right. You need to see a couple moves ahead, and, you know, it doesn't encompass everything, but, you know, it it does let you know that no matter how little this decision you're about to make maybe looks like it, you know, could be, it may be really important. And that's the big thing, you know, You just that kind of makes you present. I guess if you take those moments seriously, you'll start to, like, really appreciate what makes long-term success work. Because it, that, that's why you, when you see a rich person, you can almost, like, boggle your mind. Because y- you can't really even count how many good decisions they made. And what were those good decisions? And were those decisions good then? Are they good now? And can you still do them? Could you have predicted it? Could you have predicted that success? No way. But the but the person who succeeds will always tell you that they can they they, they predicted their success. They knew, they strove, they they drove, they 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 climbed, they, they itched. They whacked. I mean, they did everything. I mean, by hook or by crook. Um, You know, it works. It works for Instagram videos. It works for YouTube interviews. And it attracts audiences. I think after you garner financial success, if you didn't do it in a path of media, you naturally maybe will seek some media attention there is an absolute obvious line that comes out of every successful person's mouth revolving around hard work, consistency, confidence, um, lack of care for the people around you, you know, just, just kind of striving and being hard-headed as can be. And yeah, that works, but when you see that the video has like 7 million likes, like, man, I mean, how many people are, are really gonna live like that? It it's it's kind of crazy. I'm um, starting to think that like social media giants, not companies, but but figures, it's more of branding, and we've we've changed it to where now that because of social media, you you can brand yourself infinitely, and the possibilities now are infinite as well. You can collab with God knows who. You can take a photo shoot with God knows who. You can get a job God knows where. I mean, you really can make worldwide connections. So it's, it, it is in your best interest to seek it, I guess. But I don't know if it really helps, I, mean, I guess, the underlying problems that you see in like lower class people. Depression, anxiety, ghetto behavior, ignorant statements... It, it, it's not really what changes their life. And, and when you grow up broke or around what you would deem ignorant people, when you look back, there's a separation that you make eventually. And you have to live with that separation. There's a divide. And you tell yourself, this is the right decision. At least at the time, Because it is hard to leave people that you're comfortable around. And what you do is... You keep at it with your actions. And then it leads you somewhere. But when you get there, you're never ever going to escape who you were. So the, the connections that you made as a child or in your teens there's always that you who grew up broke there's always that you that grew up poor you can't change that by yourself i was talking to i mean the first thing i did at my new job one of the first things i'm at the kitchen that's my thing i like the kitchen except at this job i'm not the only brown person so really i don't have to go to the kitchen to meet brown people and uh but there was this one guy, his name is Terry, and I can say it now, he's not going to watch this, but, um, that man really spoke, spoke some life into me, I, I couldn't even, I could even begin to, to say, it. I mean, I could look at his face and see the scrapes and scars and the beats, like, I, I could, I mean, he just had it everywhere, I mean, he just, he looked like he's been in a million fights, God knows sleep and where, I mean, I know he was homeless for a time, and he was on the pipe, and, a lot of stuff. But you know. He was there. And I asked him what he did that day. He was like oh, I'm working a double at construction. And I come here. This man's like almost 50 or something. and You know. To, to hear his story of where he was. And to see him now. I mean that to me is amazing. That to me is very very difficult. Very hard. Because. You have to pull yourself up from from nothing this man said he was sleeping under a bridge in Houston <laughs> no money no job no nothing and you know and and I I felt sympathy greater than what I would have felt when I was 17 because if you told me at 17 I'm homeless and couldn't find a job I would have said find a job but I've been to enough interviews now people don't want to let you in people really don't People are selective. You're going to come into a work environment and you're going to be established into a social setting. And you're going to have to talk, make jokes, interact, get along. And people are selective because, you know, you spend more time at work than you are at home. And yes, to you, you need the financial assistance. But we, we need to, you know, suppress the anxiety and the angst of working as much as possible and the only way to do that is to have a social environment where people feel maybe it's even cool to go to work. So I hope you got something from this episode. It's been a It's been a tough time in the world. You know ever since the war, you know, Nixon and all. I'm just kidding. Um yeah, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in and uh, I'll uh post something next week and I hope you keep coming back and listening. I hope I'm not, you know, boring you too much. But uh, big appreciations for the listen. And uh, take care. Stay safe. Keep the fridge full if you can. And remember, uh, fill up your tank before it gets on E. and, And fill it up more than halfway so it's not always playing with dirty oil. See you next time.